0: This is Pat Soundbite's Unplugged. Unplugged. The podcast where all the artists go to tell it as it is. Careers, music, tours, and more. And here's your host, the man that refuses to eat squid, Pat Calamari.
1: Hey, welcome to another edition of Pat Soundbite's Unplugged Podcast. Keeping new music alive, that's what I do. I'm your host, Pat Calamari, and yes, I do not eat squid. In fact, not a big fan of... Any seafood for that matter. Hopefully your day is going well and you got it all cranked up and you're excited for another episode of Pat's Sound Bites Unplugged. So why not just get into it episode number 189 as we continue to reach to 200. I think I'm going to get to 200 by the end of the year. Got a great band out of Wilmington, North Carolina, new music that's what it's all about the band's called all the pretty things and i had a great zoom chat with founding member producer guitarist worth weaver uh worth was in a band he is legend thousand foot crutch um just loves what he does when we talk about their single that should be out by now called teenage lines um Got a great band What a vocalist Logan Tabor I mean he's got some range Go to listen to Teenage Lines In fact I played a video At the conclusion of this podcast As well as the conclusion Of my Zoom chat with Worth As it wasn't out yet So I had to wait So I couldn't put it Normally in the beginning Of my chat But Fun time with Worth learning about the band, the band mates, where they got their name, their logo. Um, Worth has been, uh, he, he's toured the world. This isn't his first rodeo, but there's really good chemistry with this band. They got a great sense of humor, and uh, all is good. We talk about, well, his uh, favorite guitar that he uses. We spend some time talking about um, the skill sets of a producer, something that he's really enjoying to do um, and he wants to do the right thing which is which is awesome to hear uh, this band's got a great sound again all I've heard is the one track Teenage Lines as worth explains the album will be out. Um, a little early in 2023 so we're looking forward to another chat with worth and maybe a few of the other guys and showcasing their next single and video teenage lines is a video a lyric video actually so i encourage you to go to their youtube channel check it out all the pretty things hit the subscribe button hit the like button and as always please continue to support me Pat Soundbites Unplug Podcast Radio Show And hit that like and hit the subscribe And you can follow me At Pat Soundbites on Instagram and Twitter And even my Facebook page So There you have it, enough about me Episode number 189 All the pretty things With Mr. Worth Weaver And as always Live, love, and laugh a lot Because life is way too
2: short Enjoy and share and subscribe Hey, this is Worth from All the Pretty Things, and you're listening to Pat Soundbite's Unplugged Podcast. Hey, live on
1: Pat Soundbite's Unplugged Podcast, rocking the world with new music on the video, on the radio, in any way that I can get it. And I got this cat right here to my, I don't know, the right, the left, Worth. I, i you know, forget about it. I got this guy right here, Worth Weaver, in a cool band called All the Pretty Things from Wilmington, North Carolina. We're going to talk to Worth about teenage lines, his band, his bandmates, their influence, their sense of humor, which I love. I don't, I'm going to talk about all those lines, those unfinished songs after the lines of their favorite uh, movies and, uh, what not worth. Welcome. Thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. I love Wilmington, North Carolina. I love anything out of New York. I love New York, but New York has just been crazy. So I, I'm i a beach sun guy. So you get me on 17. or 9. Well, I avoid 95 as much as I can, but you get me on 17 South of Virginia. And Pat's a happy squid. I'll tell you
2: that. <laughs> yeah, we love it down here, man. It's a great spot.
1: Cool. So, uh, I always start off work by asking how did you find your love for music? Uh mom, dad, uncles, aunts, uh so sort of went to a concert. How did you find that
2: uh, that niche? That's a that's a great question. I started uh, listening to music as as a kid. My dad was big time into uh classic rock and blues. So I grew up with with all the classic rock greats, you know, Clapton, Zeppelin, uh you know, you can go down the list. Uh so I I really had guitar uh in my ears at a very early age and i always felt a, an emotional connection to music and uh once i uh started to really dabble with a guitar it just grabbed me and never really let go and this is where i've pretty much found myself here at uh knocking on the door to 40. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you uh did you play in school did you battle the bands any of that
2: Oh yeah, I uh, I started playing in jazz band in high school. I went to UNCW and also uh, was in the music department there as well, uh, which is the University of North Carolina at Wilmington. And then uh, was through was in bands throughout my entire adolescent life on into my twenties and thirties. Uh, I've always been, I was telling this to Jamie earlier, I've always been in three or four bands and, uh, it's just that love for music and that constant need for creativity and, and getting out those, you know, those deep seated emotions in the music has always been something I'm really passionate about. And that started to translate from songwriting and, and, you know, music creation on that side into the studio. And once I got involved with, uh, engineering and producing, it took a life of its own and now it's uh, become another passion of mine uh, in the music industry.
1: Very cool. Yeah. No, you know, it's weird. I, I interview a lot of known artists. Um, I'll give you an example, like Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard and he's on a side project. A lot of them do side projects. And I, I say, it must be nice, just nothing to get Def Leppard, but you get away and do, he came from like uh Dio and uh, you know, Rainbow and dark and all that stuff. And, oh, yeah. you know, in, in Zeppelin, uh, and Zeppelin and Def Leppard Phil Cullen is really the lead guitarist and and mm-hmm. Viv is more of the you know rhythm and does a couple but when he gets back to his old roots he gets to be the guy so yeah I think the creativity is great and you know anytime that you can just jump from band to band different ideas it's got a it probably really keeps your skill sets uh pretty well in in, in
2: part two, right, Worth? Absolutely. I've I've played, you know, like I said, jazz. Uh, I've played in blues bands, classic rock bands. I really found my niche in the alt rock world and heavy rock world. Uh, Those always were just very appealing to me because of the energy and just the power. And uh, so I've always kind of gravitated more towards heavier styles of music. Uh, That being said, I've always wanted to write great songs. You know, I grew up with great songs, be it oldies, blues, classic rock. And so the song is what connects uh, more so than, than the production or how great the guitar solo was. It's, it's about that emotional connection that you kind of look for when you hear a great song. And so I've always tried to capture that being uh, writing uh, with a band or producing a band or, or you know creating my own music in the studio.
1: Cool, Well, talk to me about the songwriting process. Do you grab the guitar first? Is a, a lyric uh, pop in your head, or how does that work for you?
2: Uh, typically, uh, I will start with a a theme in my mind. Uh, so I'll, I'll start, you know, to get, get a riff, a theme, and I'll pick up my guitar and I'll just start to work with that theme and I'll try different inversions and variations of it. And I'll try it over different chord progressions. And once I, I have a general idea to capture that feel of that, that melody that's in my head, I'll start to build the song that way. And I'll, sometimes I'll chart it out Uh, sometimes I'll go in pro tools and I'll program drums and then lay, lay down scratch versions, uh, on guitar. And once I feel confident that I have a decent structure and it's presenting the idea, the emotion that I want to present, I'll send it to the rest of the guys and then we'll start to work that way. We'll, we'll give feedback. Let's take this section out. Let's add this section. And that could pretty much be said for everyone else in the band. You know, if Tristan comes up with an idea, he'll, he'll go through a similar process and we really Work organically when it comes to bouncing those vibes off of each other.
1: Were you able to get in the recording studio together? I know with the whole COVID thing, a lot of people were just sending files back and forth to avoid getting COVID. Right? Um, were you able for like with your recent track of "Teenage Lines" to get everybody? Because I'm not a musician worth, but I always say I think you miss you miss the magic if you're by yourself. You know, yes, like somebody says, uh, you know, tr- I just said Tristan says, Hey, try this or try that or try this on a vocal before you know it. Then the whole, you know, recipe comes alive, right. the whole process, right?
2: Yes, there there is a certain synergy that happens when you get a group of people in the same room to create music. Uh, there's, there's this intangible thing that happens with the chemistry of everyone. And that being said, sometimes if you're working with a project like in COVID where you can't really do that effectively, uh, you, you get a little uh, not, not shaky or not nervous, but you kind of have a question mark there of how's this going to go. Right. Uh, that being said, it, it, it was actually relatively easy to bring everyone in and work together. Uh, you know, we, we were obviously very careful during the process. But uh, we were able to work remotely as much as possible, formulate the songs and get really solid on our parts individually. And then getting together, we just kind of gave each other free reign to really be as creative individually and see what it would contribute to the overall product. And that's exactly what Teenage Lines captures. Uh, I wasn't, you know, cracking the whip on anyone. I said, Jeremy, you know, throw in in the fills you want to throw in. Tristan, you like that slide guitar part? Let's do it, man. And there was no uh, controlling type mentality. It was very organic. And that is what just breeds energy and energy translates through speakers. Yeah, so, it's
1: got to make them feel really good that, you know, as a producer, you can be critic, you can construct the criticism. But when you say, hey, just go for it. Knock your socks yeah. off. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's see what it's about. That, you're yeah. in the studio. Let, let, let's rock. Talk to me about the uh, your your fellow bandmates.
2: Uh before we get into uh, the whole song and producing? Um, well, they're all awesome human beings. Uh, I've known Logan, the singer, I've known him for quite a bit of years. Uh, we used to play in local bands when we were in high school and in college. And uh, he's always been very talented. His family's very musically gifted as well. Uh, and always had a, a deep appreciation and respect for his talent. Uh, but we had never worked together on a project. And so uh, whenever... You know, I, I sent him uh, a demo with no vocals. The music was done, but we didn't have any vocals. Whenever he got it and sent us back his take, we were like, "This is this is that chemistry. This is that thing." And we just decided to move forward with that. Um, I met Tristan uh, in 2017. I was actually working with a partner with a commercial studio in Wilmington at the time. And I met Tristan through that exchange, and he and I just kind of hit it off. We had a lot of similar taste in music. We had a lot of uh, friends in the industry uh, that were mutual. And so we we would get together just randomly and start kicking around ideas. Man, we should we should start a band together. And, you know, it kind of started out as a joke at first. And then we really started to get together, sit down, and formulate some ideas. And through that process, established just an insane friendship. Uh, he's definitely uh, one of my my go-to ride, ride or dies. Uh, and as far as Jeremy's concerned, uh, I had not met Jeremy. Uh, I was trying to think here. I may have met him back in 2007 when I was on tour uh, during Warped. But uh, Jeremy and I had not really established a friendship until we got together to record for the first time. And we hit it off immediately. He crashed at my house and we just had a blast. And he is now, you know, uh, not just a, an awesome band member and musician, but a great friend that, you know, I could bounce anything off of. Uh, we all have this understood mutual respect for each other and what we've been through as artists and, you know, be it on the road or in the studio. So I think that allows us to be uh, more open with each other and that openness and that vibe just, just yields to, you know, the product that you're hearing. It's just, like I said, it goes back to that energy, that vibe, that chemistry.
1: Yeah. Like you said, you've been in many bands before, you know, when there's so magic there that there's that there's mm-hmm. something here you mentioned Logan. i like uh, you know reading uh the release here at the press release of tristan scottish born south african raised in san antonio texas based guitar he's got to have some
2: stories and really good influences in his music world absolutely and tristan uh he's he's toured for quite a bit and he's got some great stories to tell for sure uh, you know, and, and he's introduced me to a lot of great people in the industry as well that I've, you know, gone on to establish some, some great relationships with, uh, you know, we're just, we're just all, you know, humans that love to make music. And we're like, as long as you're a good hang and a, and a good dude, and y- you know, you have a good vibe with positive energy, you know, I want to work with you. And I think that that that's infectious in this band and in everyone else who's in our our overall circle, you know? yeah i mean nobody
1: wants to deal with negativity nobody absolutely I mean, nobody wants to, to bring somebody with luggage and garbage and drama hit the road i don't I, it's time is too important i can't be bothered with somebody's bullshit. you know thanks a lot yeah. Go somewhere else let's rock and roll here uh, time is important we got something here let's let's make it work um
2: where did the name come from all the pretty things uh all the pretty things uh tristan and i that was, you know, you you come up with a list of names when you're naming a band. Yeah, that's right. probably <laughs> that's probably my least favorite thing about being in a band is naming the band. So we, you know, we came up our li- with our list of things, and that name stemmed from a Jimmy Eat World song. Okay, uh, Tristan and I are both big Jimmy Eat World fans. Those guys are, are have just consistently put out am- amazing music for decades at this point. And, uh, I got, I got to see them when I was out in Las Vegas at the, when we were young festival and just loved them to death. So I was, I was definitely a, you know, a a high school fan kid for a second watching that show, but, uh, that's, that's where that name stemmed from. And, uh, you know, there were a couple of others that were, you know, contending, but I think this one went out and it's, it's got a pop to it that we really like. And it, you know, it, it speaks to to kind of what we're doing, you know, we're just trying to, to throw out a little bit of a, a nod to some influences, but you know, we're still, uh you know putting our our best foot forward. <laughs> there that's you go. the best best way to say. No, I like the name.
1: So it gives you, you know, it reflects your music. So how would you describe, I mean you mentioned alternative, I believe, a little bit. You mentioned you've got a big 70s, you know, Zeppelin and Clapton and all that, but you you're still in the nineties a little bit with Jimmy
2: E world. So how would you describe the band's sound and music? Oh that's uh I would say I I would call it Thinking man's alternative rock.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's different.
2: <laughs> that's cool.
1: All right, so let's change gears. you're a producer. Um, what got you into that and uh what are those I guess I would think have to have to having to be a very good listener to be a and a part of a skill set to be a producer besides being a musician where you can obviously relate to everything. What is right. this why did you uh, how did you find the love for that and uh, talk to me about that
2: well i am a, a self proclaimed and professed uh, obsessive compulsive so i'm very <laughs> analytical very analytical by nature and i got a miniature recording rig maybe in like 2004 2005 when it was you know the digital technology was was on the low end of things when compared you know to today's stuff uh, but you know I, I bought a rig mainly just to record myself just right. to record ideas to write, and then uh, I got into that, and then you know I would start doing a couple of acoustic demos for my friends for free, and then it turned into okay, well I think uh, I think I'm gonna do a full band. So I got off of a tour with He Is Legend, I think, in like 07. and then I got back and dropped the money on my first Pro Tools rig, and you know did some internships, went through that process, and then I started doing bands around town uh, for relatively cheap. And just built it that way, and I just fell in love with the process. I fell in love with, you know, you know like I said, the the elements of creation uh, and, and control when it comes to capturing and, and manipulating audio and, and putting it back together, like kind of like building a house. Um, but I, I fell in love with the effect that it had on the band, because well, whenever you whenever you invest yourself into something like that, you are with With the band you you guys are working towards this this common goal, and so when you see that goal start to actualize and fully become realized it's it's a beautiful thing, and I think that that fulfillment is what consistently led me to stay in production and different? now it go ahead, I'm sorry, no, and now it's just become something that you know I crave, and it it really has come to to drive my life,
1: yeah, I mean, it's got to be pretty cool to knock on the door. you don't know. Maybe a little bit about their background, but you don't know what they're bringing bringing to you where you know they're asking you for your input and see you're part of this whole um you know building a, a, a an entree with these folks and, and and trying to give you know great feedback and try this and try to right. have you been dealing with different
2: genres or is it has it always been like classic rock folks coming to you? I've done everything from uh metal to country, to hip hop, uh, yeah. to Americana. Uh, and it, because I've, I listen to and love everything, you know, and my, uh, my taste is, is is very broad when it comes to, you know, everything that I listen to throughout my day, throughout my week, month, I'm always hungry for new music. So I'm always taking in and absorbing. And so, uh, it, it's always just been like, okay, y- y- you're a country band. And, you know, just because I don't particularly specialize in country doesn't mean I, I don't like it or know yeah. how to capture those tones or know how to, you know, deliver what you as a band have as your, your goal or your vision. And so I have always just enjoyed the process and then educating myself on how to, you know, steer my engineering and production techniques towards that vibe or that vision. Uh, you know, it was, it was a learning curve of course, but I would have to say that, you know, I've, I've been pretty successful at being able to, uh, you know, steer towards whatever genre the band wants to be in with respect to, you know, the, the industry standards.
1: And they say, I mean, I've talked to a million people and they just say, when you talk about, or bring up a name of a producer, they said, you know, it's got, a, it. to what they love about most of it is it's somebody that brings out the best in all of them, you know, Correct. whether it's a vocalist and they're used to doing, you know, hitting a range a certain way, but mm-hmm. you say, no, I think you could do better than that. You know, yeah. and then you get to that peak, and their eyeballs come out because you brought them out of a, a different area that right. they never thought they had. And Exactly. They go, holy, sh- holy crap! You know, holy shit! This guy knows what he's doing. I if if he didn't push us to the level, I yeah. would we we wouldn't we would never know. So that's got to yeah. make you feel really good to say, trust of me course. on this.
2: Just keep going. You know, let's let's and, do this. And I always say to the band, you know. My job is to get out of you the performance that will elicit the emotional response from the listener. That is my goal. And you can talk to any artists that I've worked with over the past 17 years, and they will tell you that I am very, very, very demanding in the studio. Uh, but it's in a way that is very creative and it's always with a like mind towards that vision. Oh, Lost you there. There we Sorry. go. There we go.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, as a musician, when you went into a studio and dealt with a producer, you know, it's like treat people the way you want to be treated. And as long as I think if I went to see you, I brought in a band to see you, as long as I laid out, we laid out the band, our expectations, and you lay out what you can do and your expectations, that's what it's all about. So Absolutely. There, there's no... You know, I interviewed, i never forget, I interviewed like Todd Rundgren, and Todd was saying back in the 70s, you know, whoever he had, Aerosmith or whatever he was doing, he said, back then, you were like uh, a ring, you know, you were like the boxing match ringleader. Who's smoked up? Who hasn't got out of oh, bed? Yeah. Who's drunk? And we're like, we gotta get an album done. Where yeah. is everybody? Who's fighting? Who's with this guy's chick? And it was just, oh, you know, man, know, the total yeah. disaster. And he's like, you know, trying trying to make it all work and I never you know, not yeah. seeing that side or knowing that I was always the fan. And th- that now that I'm more involved with the music business and it's always about the stories when I talk to some of these folks and uh Todd was well, the one best of them. he's like, Man, yeah. I gotta get in between these two guys, I wanna kill each other. Who's late, who's this, the label's screaming,
2: you know. Oh yes the best part about it is the relationships that I established with, with the bands, you know, like I have lifelong friends because of this and, you know, it's because we built something together, you know, but if, if I'm going to work with you, it's going to be done, right. We're going to do it to the best of our ability. And you might not like me sometimes, but you know, when you listen back to this in a year or five years or 10 years, you can look back and say, we did our absolute best at that, right. you know, and, and that attitude is what's propelled me and pushed me forward. And I think that, you know, we all have that like-minded attitude and all the pretty things as well. You know, we're just, we're doing, we're, we're doing what we want to do creatively from that perspe- perspective, but, you know, we're doing it and we're pushing forward, delivering our, our absolute best. We all feel super confident in what we're, we're putting out right now.
1: Ah, there's gotta be no better feeling to just oh yeah hang out with the guys and I'm reading, like I said before, uh, while recording band members name unfinished songs after lines from their shared favorite movies. I mean <sighs> oh, I see bad. this sense of humor between your 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 band and your friends and your family that you know you guys are all on the same playing field having a good time, which is needed, yes. right? You know? That's why we do it, right? Yeah, you know, you never know who somebody's gonna do a prank. But you know, it's all good fun. It's a, it is a family. I mean, whether you believe, I, you know, it's a family. Whether a bunch of strangers get together before you know it, if you're on a tour bus and traveled as you have, you know how you know somebody's got a, having a good day, somebody's having a bad day, and yeah, oh god. god.
2: Well, that's cool.
1: Very cool. Uh, any upcoming shows? Anything? Uh, Um, that you guys are looking to do, get out, tour, uh,
2: album, EP, upcoming with the Teenage Lines? Yes, our 2023 is in the works right now, uh, but number one priority is just to finish up the record. We, uh, We have all of the songs for the remainder of the record tracked on drums, and I'm in the middle of tracking my guitars right now. So that's always a process, and like I said, that OC mentality creeps in a little bit. But uh, you know, go, going through that process, uh, once that's done, then we'll, we'll have vocals and we'll get it out to mix. So uh, definitely look for more in 2023. Um, but as of right now, no uh, solid dates to announce for touring.
1: No, you gotta finish things up. But uh yeah. hey, my door is always open. So when you're ready to release something, release a video. I know uh Jamie will get a hold of me and uh we'll rock the world again and uh yeah. play the video as much as we can and and play your music, uh whether it's on my podcast or on the radio station, so you can get all kinds of exposure. Worth, how would you're a guitar player? What's your uh, go to? I got a lot of listeners going. You never ask any uh, rig questions, uh, you know. I'm like, all right, all right, calm down. So, what's your go to guitar? A Gibson, Fender, Strat? What what's your uh, what's your baby? How,
2: where do you go? It, it is kind of uh, band specific. I know that sounds a little weird, but um, if I'm playing with my blues band, uh, it's going to be Les Paul as oh, the main, you know, the main the main gun, and then a backup Strat. With all the pretty things, I'm using uh, LTD ESP guitars and uh, dual rectifier. Mesa Boogie's always taking care of me. They build the best amp on the planet. Love it to death. (laughs) Big pedal board? Uh, No, actually, I've really downsized here lately. I used to have, you know, an aircraft carrier pedal board. (laughs) Now now I've gotten a little bit smaller, uh, just streamlining things a little bit. And also, uh, you know, as I approach 40, I'm not everything's a little bit more sore and stiff than what it used to be. So it's nice to have a, <laughs> a little tiny backpack. to carry, I, became,
1: so. I became friends with Billy Gibbons and Billy's like, Hey, the simpler, the better. Don't pedal. Oh yeah. More. Just go we eat. know Billy. Billy's a great guy. Oh my God. I love Billy. I just uh, always tell me, you got to go to
0: the blues, go back
1: to the blues, go back to the roots.
2: Would you care if I shared a Billy Gibbons story? No, dude, go ahead. So, fire away. So one of my favorite bars in downtown Wilmington is called Front Street Brewery. Love that place. Uh, And I like it because it has this thing, kind of like an airport bar vibe where there aren't any real regulars. So it's a constant turnover, you know, of of new people, new faces. Cool. So I was uh, there on a Thursday night, I think, and in comes walking Billy Gibbons. And he leans over the bar and I was like, that's Billy Gibbons. from easy (laughs) Top." And he buys everyone at the bars food and drink and gets a, I think he gets a, you know, a glass of bourbon, has it, and then leaves just class act, world-class human being. I love
1: him. I, I yeah. got, why well, i ZZ top a million times, but I never, I never met him. And I reached out to management and said, look, he's playing his own, you know, solo stuff. I play it. I just want to meet him. I just want to give him a hug uh, and uh, it was a snowstorm up here. Uh, it was actually in Connecticut. And I'm the last guy in the theater. And uh, the security guy is looking at me going, dude, I don't know if it's going to happen. Uh. So his, his tour manager came out. And he's like, who are you again? So I told him, you know, Pat Gallimari. I play, his, I play his new music. I play this whole album. So he's like, all right, it's snowing. You got like three seconds. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. So I, Billy comes out. And I introduced myself and I said, you know, big fan, but I play your new music. And he takes off his glasses and he goes, You do what? I go, I I play your new music. Anybody can play legs and you know Tush and Lagrange and right. I'm playing your new stuff. And the feedback is incredible. And they're like, Okay. So he's like, All right, you know how to get a hold of me. We gotta, we gotta he always said, you know, the way he He has a a thing for the English language. He never says the same things twice. He's like, all right, well, we got to make some noise together next time. You don't want to get a hold of me. I'm like, I don't play an instrument, Billy, but I'll make all the noise you want me to make. So um, after that, we become great friends. Um, Awesome. I I brought my brother to his show, and um, they did their meet and greet, and they said, you know, Relax, hang on a couch, Billy be Billy comes around the corner, he's like, Pat Calamar, give Uncle Billy a hug. And my brother had a soda and he dropped it. Like, Are you shitting me? Billy give me want to give me you know. So I'm like, you know, it's up playing new music is opened the doors for me. I in fact I said to Billy not too long ago after he came out with his third solo album, I said, Look, you did an album in Houston, you did an album uh, in Cuba. And now you did one in Joshua Tree in California. You got one big one missing, and he's like, speak to me, yeah. my friend. And he's holding a beard, and I go, you gotta go to Muscle Shoals. Yeah, And his eyeballs come down, and he goes, Muscle Shoals? I said, Elephants Gerald, Rolling Stone, Bob Dylan, Robert Plant, everybody, everybody. recorded Muscle Shoals. And he goes, um, and his publicist was actually on, and they look at each other. I can make that happen. He goes, you know, me and the missus, we fly into, I want to say Memphis, and we drive through a muscle show to go to my mother-in-law's house. So I know all about it. So he's like, again, he says, I like that. I said, look, I, I just want to be in the liner notes. that I there convinced you, you to go to, he goes, no, I want you to come down. You know, and I'm like, oh, my God. What am I going to play this food, Billy? <laughs> Whatever you want me to do, Billy. But uh, yeah, no, we, we've hit it off quite well. And I'm, awesome. I'm blessed. I'm really blessed to have that. But that's cool. That sounds all like Billy, you know, walk around, come on in. He's he, he stopped at a a waffle house and I want to say it was in North Carolina somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he bought everybody breakfast. And um his tour manager Pablo just said, Let him just have his breakfast and he'll do after breakfast he'll take pictures and do whatever he did and he did and got back on the bus and
2: Yep. Just a class act, man.
1: Class act. Well, Worth, it's a pleasure to meet you. I, I love uh, teenage lines, and uh, my door will be, always be open. I
2: hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I have. It was fantastic, man. Thank you so much for having us, and uh, we appreciate you playing the song. There you go. All the pretty
1: things right here on Pat Soundbite. Worth Weaver. Check these guys out. We're going to play a hell of a lot more of their tracks once he finishes that album and we'll see more worth in the uh, guys upcoming. It doesn't get any better than this. Keeping new music alive as much as I can.